0: Hello superstars. Welcome to another edition of Sorta Spicy. This is the series that we have put together just for you, our Patreon supporters, filled with all of the things that are definitely spicy topics that we're basically not interested with sharing with the general public. We are so thrilled to not only have, I'm so thrilled not to just have Kelly and Rebecca joining me for this particular edition of Sorta of Spicy but you know what while we had her here we said Laura will you please join us for Sorta of Spicy and she agreed to so Kelly Rebecca and Laura hello ladies
1: hello wow
0: i am so thankful that each of you are here we thought that this particular go round of Sorta of Spicy we might do something that's really quite timely for all of us and that is maybe doing some covid confessions so, most of you all who are fans of Sort of Awesome know that we definitely do confessions a lot around here. And we thought maybe this is the time to talk about some confessions that are really specific to the COVID pandemic. Now, of course, big, big caveat before we start the show, we understand the pandemic is obviously very real. It's caused a lot of heartache, a lot of suffering, a lot of trouble and pain for so many people. So, we're not making light of the quarantine or the pandemic in any way. But, you know, each of us are dealing with this incredibly unprecedented situation in a variety of different ways. Some of us are processing through some things we never thought we were going to process through. And some of us are like, oh my gosh, I never thought I'd find myself contemplating this, but here we are. So anyway, Kelly, Rebecca, and Laura are here and we all have some things that we just want to share with you. Mostly, because we know first of all there's someone out there who's listening who can relate to some of this and basically because we trust you with some of our well, our deepest stuff so we have all been talking behind the scenes before we hit record sharing some things there was some laughter there was some shock as we began to preview for each other some of these things rebecca i would love for you to start us off because this is something that you actually have kind of even intimated to us behind the scenes like This is a struggle. I am not ready to talk about it, but this is something that I am going through and you've kind of been saving your words for us for this conversation. So let's just dig in. What's going on behind the scenes with this pandemic life for you?
2: My big confession is that I am angry with my church. The disappointment that I feel with my church right now is one of the most surprising and heartbreaking parts of the pandemic for me. Mm, Yeah. So before the pandemic came, my husband and I were very satisfied with our church. We attend a very large church, well over a thousand people and have felt very involved and that we have built a community there and we had no complaints. Yeah. And At the beginning of the pandemic, our church stopped meeting in person and went 100% virtual. I believe that, you know, churches were all exempt from COVID types of protocols that were put in place by governors and states, but our church chose to close anyway, like many, if not all of the churches across the country. However, our church, I believe, was one of the first that reopened, at least in our area. It reopened in the end of May. And masks were encouraged, but they were not required. Now, my husband and I were surprised that the church had already opened. We didn't think that this was perhaps smart, especially considering the size of our church. However, they were putting in place like zero touch types of protocols and like other things like that, but we didn't feel great about it. And because we had some family visits and vacations planned, we wanted to be able to see some family members. We thought, well, we're not going to go back, at least not right away. Not until after those things have passed, for sure. And then we'll reassess, you know? Yeah. So then fast forward to July, and our governor of Pennsylvania issued a full-on mask mandate, you know? Because remember, there was a season during the pandemic where it's like, hey, masks are helpful. Wear them. And not necessarily, hey, guys, (laughs) everybody, put it on all the time. Yeah so we expected i personally expected my church to respond to this and affirming that masks should be worn during the church service and instead they sent an email stating that lots of differing opinions there's some confusion concerns over religious freedoms and that they would not be requiring masks hmm okay <laughs> there's a lot um, to unpack there yeah i will pass on that for now but so we were very disappointed However, once they kind of like reopened up our children's ministry, like during the service as well as youth group, then that happened towards the end of the summer. We felt like we were a bit at a crossroads of, okay, now it's not just everybody is at home and our kids can like do some online things or like, you know, they're not really missing out on anything else from their peers. Suddenly the door had been opened of, well, no, now they're like gathering and we're feeling left behind our children are feeling left behind because they're not able to participate in these youth group types of experiences. And my husband and I really sat and talked about it. You know, do we want to just, for the sake of community, for the sake of our beloved church, for the sake of our children, do we just want to pretend on Sunday mornings that the pandemic doesn't exist? Like, can we just do that? Can we just go and not worry about it? Well, we decided, no, we can't do that. I mean, Mm. this is a church of hundreds of people gathering inside. We talked to our kids. How would you feel if we went to church and you were in like a Sunday school type classroom environment and you were the only kid that was wearing a mask? How would you feel about that? Well, they didn't like that idea. And I don't blame them. Also, with the way that masks work, it's really to the benefit that everybody in the room is wearing a mask. Right. right? Yes, mask. exactly. Exactly. So we chose not to go back. And since then, you know, this isn't really the point of the story, but since then we did find another church in our area that is requiring masking and that we feel much more comfortable with their protocol. And we've started attending that church. I wouldn't say, we do not say that we have left our home church, our other church. Instead, we would say that we're taking a break, that we are gone for a season, that we are, you know, kind of like some of the cliche phrases that you say, you know, we needed to be fed during this time. We are, seeking community elsewhere at the moment. Very good Christianese. It's almost like you're fluent in it. (laughs) But it's been really, really awful. It really has been one of the most disturbing and upsetting things for me. And it's not because I want to wear a mask all the time. It's because I believe that Jesus would be wearing a mask. I believe that during this time when we have a illness that is so easily spread through the air, through the water droplets, that the science behind it is that we can protect those around us when we wear a mask, that we believe that it is the selfless thing to do mm-hmm. to inconvenience ourselves for the sake of those around us and for the sake of high risk that we do not see in autoimmune disorders, cancer sure. recovery, age, all these other things that are going around in the community, why are we saying to those people who are perhaps what you could say, the weaker people? I mean, that's not true, but you know what I mean. Why are we saying, okay, let's vulnerable. That's the word I'm looking for. Why are we gathering the vulnerable and saying, okay, we hear you, we see you, you can stay at home and you can watch online. Or we see you, we hear you, we have this other room set up where you can watch the service streamed in, but you go there because we all want to be together out here and we are not going to compromise our selfishness for Mm. your sake. You can't be in here, but that's your choice and because of your vulnerability. So you go over there. I hate it. I hate it so much. One of the most heartbreaking things is, you know, our church is super large and i don't know what their policy is for how they handle people that leave the church i will tell you this that we've been contacted to volunteer for various things we've been contacted to i was contacted to write some devotionals for advent have i been contacted and asked are you okay mm-hmm. is the online environment working for you are you still watching on sunday morning do you feel connected are you in community are you doing okay i am not being asked, are you doing okay? And I'm not doing okay. Yeah. So it's been really, really awful. Yeah. One thing that Laura said in the main Friday episode that we just did together, the group show, she was talking about belonging. And then she was talking about as adults, how often do we stay in places where we no longer belong because it's scary to leave. And I felt like my insides were like screaming, like, is that what this is? I've been asking myself that for months. Is it time to leave? Are we clinging on to something that we no longer belong in? And it's heartbreaking. And I hate it. I hate it with a passion. I hate it so much.
0: Mm. I'm so sorry, Rebecca. My heart goes out to you because not only is this a devastating situation to be in and that many people can relate to, but I know you have shared through the years and I've known you for years before Sort of Awesome started how deeply important your church community, your small group community that's connected to your church, how significant of a role that plays in your life. And I almost wonder if you're really struggling with like a sense of betrayal on top of the strained relationship to, with your church community right now.
2: Definitely. And it's complicated because it's not just me. It's also me. Oh yeah. yeah, United front and how we handle this. Mm -hmm. And so one problem we've had is that we actually kind of disagree on how to present our concerns to church leadership because we value them. And so much, we don't just want to walk away and we don't want to leave angry. We need to come to some sort of, there needs to be more communication there. But then my husband and I don't quite agree on how that communication should look. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm so mad. And I just want to tell him how I feel. And he's like, oh, let's maybe calm down. And this is a season. We want them to know that we love them and we value them. And I'm like, oh, let me add them. You're <laughs> like, fun <And>, by anger. <laughs> and so then Nate and I are fighting about mm-hmm. the fight, about the issue. Yes. And so it literally has taken us months even come to any kind of understanding of How do we even talk to them about it? And then there's some other things that have come up and have happened. And so admittedly, I will say that we haven't had the conversations with church leadership we hope to have and that maybe listeners would expect that we would go through. Those things are coming. It's complicated. Besides just the pandemic, there's been some shifts in leadership and things like that. But those conversations are coming. I can't wrap this up in a bow because we're so much in the middle of this. We don't know what's going to happen. So much ways on when we actually are able to present ourselves in a face-to-face conversation with leadership to say, hey, we were left behind and Mm. we don't agree with the reasons why and how do we move forward? Well, thank
0: you for trusting that to this community, because I know there are more than a few people who can absolutely relate and identify. In fact, Kelly, you're totally nodding your head.
3: Yes, <laughs> right now. Do you want to Maybe nodding it right anything? flat off is how I yeah. feel. Yes, I'm just going to piggyback on that because my original confession when we conceived this episode was I felt so much relief last spring when church went online and we no longer had to go on Sunday mornings. Mm. because I would say over the last four years, five years, my sense of that same sort of betrayal that Rebecca is talking about in the church that has been my home, which I would say is the greater white evangelical Christian church in America, that Mm. was the church that I grew up in, that I raised in, that was my complete atmosphere and everything. For my whole life. So not I'm not talking about one specific church body, if you will, Mm -hmm. like this other Christian term, like one church that I attended, the church that I attend now. But overall, watching that church over the last five years has been the betrayal of my lifetime. And I have had some very big betrayals in my life. That to watch what I thought I knew, yeah, completely 180 and reveal the things that I kind of used to question that I'd say, but why that? And they'd say, oh, no, no, no. It's because of this. It's because we really value this. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go along with that. And to find that they were always lying. Mm. It has been so hard for me to be in church the last few years. So really over the last couple of years, I've gotten to the point where I just stopped going to Sunday morning services because I could not, I would be so nauseous. And I still have a spiritual journey, which we've discussed on sort of awesome lots of Mm -hmm. times. And I felt like going into that church service, my own uncomfortableness was the one time I felt disconnected from God. Mm. So far from being like the highlight of my week, it was like the, yes. t- the darkest time right. of my week it would take me hours to recover. Mm. So I was just like, this isn't worth it. So my family wanted to, well, not everybody in my family wanted to go, but some wanted to go and we wanted our youngest children who, you know, were still in the elementary school to at least have, again, going back to that discussion that we had in the bigger show about belonging giving them the chance to maybe belong if it was something that was working for them. So I would volunteer on Sunday mornings, but it was a constant point of tension between Corey and myself, between me and my family. Like it was just so difficult. So when they finally was just like, nobody can go to church. I was like, oh, good gravy. Finally, like this fight is over. I get a relief. And are we going to watch it online? No, ma'am. Like why? That's the worst part. No, I have not watched a single church service since we went online. Except for the few times that I've gone to my mom and had to watch it with her, and even then, it like assaulted me. The things that they were talking about in the middle of the pandemic, I was like, "This is why I'm not going." Mm, um, and so, yeah. really, if I wanted to even piggyback on Rebecca, I would say because of me being in this state for years now, and I love the people. I have good friends at my church, and good friends who feel like I do right now, who have been walking on this journey with me. Yes, yeah. um, I don't know that I'll ever go back to church. Mm, I am so. Yeah. Angry and disappointed. And I see God in so many other places. I feel a little bit like I have some good friends who had really yucky marriages and yucky divorces from like narcissists, you know, like just not necessarily abusive physically, but for sure mentally and emotionally abusive, horrible people. And many of them are like, I will never get married again. In fact, they have other people in their life, you know, partners, but they're like, no, like that relationship is dead to me. I will never, like it's too far gone. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of how I feel about church. Like, are there other churches that might align with me better theologically or things like that? And I'm like, probably. And maybe someday I will get there. Maybe there will be enough healing that I will be able to embrace that space. Mm -hmm. But right now I can't imagine it. The disappointment, the rage, the sadness is so thick. I just don't see how I'll ever get back there. So I feel like that is the thing of the pandemic that has just been a continually grappling sort of a thing. It might be Mm. the most lasting effect. And I actually think probably true for a lot of people, if we were just going to talk about the church, Rebecca, seeing how selfish our American churches have been, I think there's a lot of people who aren't going to go back because they're going to say, why do I want to be a part of that? And it's been so discouraging. So yeah, that's my biggest confession. If I would add one more, that's not quite as heavy. It is you guys, my family does nothing but be on screens nothing. Yes. I yes. used to kind of joke about it and be like, I remember there were in the sort of awesome hangout. Sometimes nice people be like, how long do your kids eat you? Are they on screens more than one hour a day? And people will be like, well, maybe two hours. And I was like, our like limit is six. <laughs> and we always give them more than that. <laughs> At this point, our limit, our limit is, is six. Eight, <laughs> and we give them more than that. They're online <laughs> because of school. Now part of that is school now, right? It's school. Yes, but exactly. Still, because where we live, we don't have like a neighborhood. So my kids right. don't have any reason to go outside in the summer, back in the summer or in the fall. Like, I could arrange things or I could make them get outside, like, we're going for a bike ride or whatever. I am too flat out exhausted to continually be the cruise ship director on yes. this Titanic yes. floating in the middle. Of the ship. <laughs> I have yes. totally given up. Totally sinking ship. Yes. Yes. And so every day they get up, they go to their screens at eight, they do some homework in between. I should say they do YouTube and they do occasional bits of homework in between. Uh And then they come to me when circle says their time is done and says, can I have more screen time? And I'm like, sure, whatever. Or whatever. I don't have it in my bag to fight this fight. Yes. Have you cleaned out the litter box? Have you done your homework? Have you had a vegetable today? And they'll be like, if I eat a carrot, can I have two hours? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's good negotiation. <laughs> yeah, right. I need to it's, use that on my phone. So it it's, <laughs> it's actually annoying to me because I am bored. But I'm also like, it's this weird push pull of like, I have no energy to deal with you. But how dare you guys all just sit on screens? You are wasting your life, your one <laughs> precious life.
2: Oh, I'd i say feel it's so seen. Like, yes, Kelly. Yes. One of my girlfriends just asked a question. She said, what are you guys doing for fun? I feel like we need to do something fun. I said we're not having any fun. Nobody's no. having any fun. No fun.
3: I get. <laughs> what Somebody we're going to bring
1: save. Kelly some fun right now. Well, my COVID <laughs> confession is kind of going to piggyback on Kelly's. She piggybacked on Rebecca. I'm yeah. piggybacking on Kelly. Megan is going to be on an island of her own. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> but I will just say. That my COVID confession is a thing that we joke about, we can laugh about and whatever, but we have reached a real tipping point. And that is like, I think I have legit screen addiction. Mm, like, yes, it is funny in some ways. And we are in a pandemic and Los Angeles in particular has been oh yeah, probably the most locked down city in America for almost a year. We're currently in another strict lockdown. You know, we have absolutely no restaurants, indoor, outdoor, nothing. We have very, very limited retail, no activities. Like there is no fun here. We're not supposed to gather with any other, it's not like gatherings of 10 or less. It's like, no, you're not supposed to gather with anyone outside of your household. We are on an extended lockdown. Now that's not enforced that much. And we do have a little bit of a bubble of people we see Mm -hmm. it's actually like just two other families that have kids our same age and so the beginning of the pandemic when Los Angeles was enormously locked down nobody I knew saw anyone everybody I knew in Los Angeles for those first three months saw no one no one now of course like people are having bubbles and Jeff was able to work a little bit in the fall. He's not working now because production is shut down. He was making a movie. All of that has been shut down. Mm. So we are back on a new lockdown is what I'm saying. But even for the whole time through all of this, I turned to my phone. And now listen, I probably had some, I mean, I definitely had some bad screen habits pre-pandemic. Like, let's just be honest. Like I was definitely on my phone too long. But I feel like I was loosely more mindful. Like, I would be like, yeah, I've been on my phone too long.
3: Now, all of that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
3: What is too long? What day is yes. it? You're know, like, I yeah. don't even I talk mean, of these things hardly anymore.
1: I don't feel fulfilled by it. So like, let's talk about whatever bad habits I had pre-pandemic. I could maybe feel like I could justify some of it with work stuff. You know, I have to be on social media a lot for my work. I'd be checking out other shows, following people, engaging with followers. Like, I really felt like I probably was on it too much, but it felt a bit more purposeful. Now, I get off and I'm like, you know, I didn't make a good connection. I didn't engage with a listener. I don't know what the hell I did. Like and it will have been two hours. Yeah. Yes. And I'm you guys I'm like so serious. Like it won't be like, well, wow, I spent a little I spent 30 minutes too long on that. No, it'll be like, what time is it? Where am yep. I? The sun's going down? Where where what? I'm like, I haven't brushed my teeth today. I don't know, like, <laughs> what
2: is happening? Yeah. I was talking to a friend about TikTok and she was asking me questions about how I use TikTok and, like, oh the algorithm. And she's like, I always hear you and Meg talking about the algorithm with TikTok. And I'm just wondering, she said, you know, sometimes I might lie in bed and, like, scroll TikTok for, like, five minutes. And I was like, five what? minutes? What? Humanly impossible. Oh, my I gosh. You guys, TikTok listen. for, like, five minutes while I'm pooping. <laughs>
0: I did not expect that. That
1: was amazing.
0: Um, That is genuinely (laughs) impossible. Listen, the day after the attempted coup in DC earlier this month, TikTok was my therapy. At the end of the day, I actually took a screenshot to prove this to myself, to remind myself this really happened. I spent over three hours on TikTok alone. And it got me through. Kelly's like, that's nothing.
1: Meg, <laughs> I mean, that is literally nothing. If I showed you my screen time three hours, you are in a healthy no, space. Sorry, that's I'm- on one app. That's just on one app. That wasn't yeah. the only app
0: I was on that day. That was one app. Right. <laughs> <That day. laughs>
1: Can I also say, this is actually, this is a really ugly confession. I'm really sorry to say this. I need everyone to just like hear my heart on what I mean by this. Okay. When on the day, speaking of the day, the coup happened, the attempted insurrection, the domestic terrorism. I'm just going to say all the things it yeah. was. First of all, that was horrifying and historic and all the crazy things we already know it was. But I had this really terrible thought, like mid-afternoon, we were all glued to our TV, where I like was almost glad to have an excuse to be glued to TV and Twitter and whatever. It was yeah. almost like something that Kelly said on Sort of Awesome years and years and years ago. I will never forget this. Kelly said that when she had young kids that she one time fantasized about driving off the road because mm. then she if she uh-huh. like had to go to the hospital, she would get some good sleep. Yes,
3: uh-huh.
1: I've always remembered that she said that, like that is like funny in one light and devastating in the another light and whatever, yep. that's kind of how I felt about the coup day in a way of like, of course you're not glad this, I mean, obviously this is absolutely beyond horrifying but i was like oh i have an excuse to not yeah. put down a screen and i have an excuse to like be fired up with rage at the tv i don't have yeah. to be love and light right now i don't have to put a positive spin on this right now or all of the ways that we're all trying to tread water like be positive like be all the things take care of ourselves take care of our people put out a good meme that's a message of hope like all of the things that we're like trying to do on that day, I was like, I'm not, this is shit. I'm not doing any of this. Yep. Yeah. And where you can just lay here and just watch the crazy.
0: Yeah. No, I understand that completely. I absolutely do. I'm yes, sure It kind of so- like gave
3: us a channel, don't you think? Like, it was almost like it was an intentional, it was a channel to take a lot of things that were bubbling under the surface and it just like focused them. And yeah. it felt good to be focused for a little bit. Like well, I did insight. not yeah. take my earbuds out that day. I had to take a son to a counseling appointment. Like I had to be out of my, couldn't watch TV, but I was listening and I hear what you're saying, Laura. Like, I don't know, it did, it was a different sort of feel where so many days feel the same. And yeah. I think there's so many things that are being suppressed right now because we're in triage mode. Ever since last March, we've been in triage mode. And so we just are like, can't deal with all that stuff under the surface. I got to just keep it going. And I think that's probably some of, you know, I don't know. Do you think this is a fair analogy when you were saying that because you're on a screen, like you don't remember what happened? Like a blackout, like if you know, you're drinking too much, and you're like, I don't know what happened last night. I think there was singing mm. and there might have been me on top of a bar. And that's all I remember. I feel like that with social media, sometimes where I'm like, I don't even remember what I just watched, but it was like my brain shut off.
1: Yeah. No, actually, I think there are so many parallels to screen addiction and alcoholism. Mm. I mean, they're both obviously addictions and there's all kinds of addictions we all sort of have a general understanding of what alcoholism is. Yeah, I feel like there are a lot of parallels, especially in like, there's a whole culture that jokes around it and like, oh, I need a drink and that's completely acceptable. When like, but what if you like need a drink? Like that's different. That's what I'm trying to say about, I'm worried that my screen thing has tipped a corner of like, I'm going to doom scroll. There's nothing else to do. I'm not allowed to leave my house in LA has tipped into like, my brain isn't working the same way. Yes. I'm really yeah, addicted you. to the news or a feedback loop or having like an adrenaline rush all the time. Yes. There's a lot of brain science behind this, I'm sure. But yes. we've definitely tipped into like, okay, you probably need to like rein in your habits to like, um, five alarm alert, five alarm Well,
0: it makes a lot of sense though, because studies have shown a great blanket term to throw out there, but truly there have been studies that show that social media especially gives us a dopamine hit. And if you're literally confined to your house for vast, vast majorities of the day of the week of the month, you're not getting that dopamine hit for the most part, or you have to be creative in doing it. Like I know you love to read and I'm sure that reading is still informing a lot of what you do with your free time, but Like if you just think about the dopamine hit of getting to go out to lunch with a friend or to get to go to a bookstore by yourself and browse, like you're deprived of those things and your brain is trying to fill in the gaps. I'm not trying to like make this better for you, but I do think that that is why you're saying like, I keep coming back to it over and over again is because your brain is craving that hit of dopamine and there's nowhere else to get it right now.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. there's no other stimulation in our house. We've been in Groundhog Day for a really long time. We've been in Mm -hmm. our physical house. We've been eating the same food. I mean, we just don't have, we've only seen the same people. We have two other families in our bubble. I've seen no one else for months and months and months and months, you guys. And so there is no other stimulation. And so I feel like you reward yourself with extra screen time or you reward yourself with drinking at night. Jeff and I never used to drink at home, hardly ever. Mm -hmm. And we're not anti-drinking by any means. We just didn't drink at home. We drink almost every single night now because it's the only reward we have. It's the only fun we have in the day.
2: Exactly.
0: Yes. Relate so It's like there's
1: all these different vices. And I'm not as concerned about that one, but it's still a thing that's there. So like there's all these different vices that are completely unhealthy when we're in this.
0: Is it my turn to dovetail off of what you just said?
3: (laughs) Yes, please. We (laughs) come full circle.
0: Yes. Okay. Because I also do have, mine is related to screens in a way, an unhealthy coping mechanism right now is I have gotten so deep into true crime, everything. Laura, you and I had a conversation about this on your show. It's gotten so much worse since I talked to you about it. Like every true crime podcast, every true crime subreddit. I haven't started reading true crime books yet, but when I run out of true crime podcasts, I probably will. You guys know that TikTok. I'm Laura's not so much on TikTok, but Kelly and Rebecca, have you seen that one where it's like the background audio is like a true crime podcast and they're describing a really grisly murder? Like the body was found decapitated and limbs have been removed, and the woman's like sweeping her floor and just like listening, no reaction at all. <laughs> that is literally me. That TikTok was saying about me. I just go about my life picking up my child from daycare, doing the dishes, folding laundry with the most horrible of stories going on in my ear. And I can't stop. It's like this strange coping mechanism. Now, Laura, you and I have talked about a couple of times that sometimes listening to true crime can help people with extreme anxiety. There's something soothing about listening to other people's pain and suffering in some way via crime that is strangely soothing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I could understand that on an intellectual level. Like, oh, I see how that could happen. I have never so much embodied that in my whole life as I have right now. Like true crime America, I've listened to stories that happened in Australia. I've listened to stories that happened in Scotland. Like, ask me, I am a global expert on true crime at this moment. (laughs) So there's that. Also, I want to say I am a really, really, really bad homeschooler. I've intimated this before in some awesome overflows. I really can't express to you how bad a person like myself who has a degree in education granted <laughs> secondary education can be so bad at homeschooling it's cuz I'm directly
2: <laughs> it's not funny but it's really funny <laughs> i'm
0: so bad at it i'm so bad schooling my own children it is just the twins the girls do their own thing and they're doing fine the twins hate online learning they hate it so much and we're not even doing the traditional where you just like get on your computer and you watch her teacher at school all day. They're not even on screens from like eight to three with school. We're doing a very condensed thing where they only have to be on there for like maybe two hours. And they hate it so much. And they throw such a fit about it. And Kelly, I relate to what you're saying so much. I just don't have the emotional capacity to battle with them over school. And so a lot of days I'm like, thank us for having a free day today.
3: <laughs> nope. No school today. honestly. This year has been such a cluster and I'm not going to say the other word, but you got to just fill it in your head. I do not know why if we had to go back and do it over, there should be no school this year. Mm-hmm. They should have just said, everybody gets a free year, go like read a book. And we're yeah. going to start over next year because go this is so one book. <laughs> one book for the 10 months that school should be. We're going to call that a win and it could be a graphic novel. <laughs> like... We're going to start over. This has been too hard for parents, too hard for kids, too hard for teachers. It has served no one. It has been bad for everyone. And it will scar, I think, a lot of kids who have really struggled here. I mean, some kids will be fine. Most kids, I'm sure, will be fine. They're very resilient. There are some who will not be. And like. And you talk about education disparity. Kids who are already struggling have gone so much further backwards. It's not even funny. So we can't even talk about that now because we're not out of the crisis yet. But like, if I could go back in time, you know, mm. to like last February, I'd be like, just cancel school, just cancel school, don't even cancel try, because it's such a yeah. mess. Ugh.
0: Thank you for affirming me in that. That makes me feel so much better. Okay, my last little COVID confession is, you know, we joke about how <laughs> we joke about say. how <laughs> um, we joke about how time has lost its value and its sense of realness. In the pandemic. So hold that thought in your mind because also, as you all know, we are practicing Catholics, which means that Kyle and I do not practice any kind of birth control. See Exhibit A, our blonde-haired, blue-eyed baby Nico. <laughs> Wonderful surprise in our life. But happened in our life after we became Catholic and we are getting the hang of this way of life. So an important thing about not using birth control is if you're avoiding pregnancy for reasons like we are, you gotta have a method. And if you've ever practiced any kind of like fertility awareness, you know that you gotta keep track of those days. But then sometimes it's a pandemic and it's really hard to keep track of the days. And you end up having not just one, but two pretty serious pregnancy scares.
1: <laughs> Oh pandemic. my God. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> yeah.
3: Nope. No, no. <laughs> oh, 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 no. I mean, to add that in, just the sheer thought first, just even a pregnancy scare in the middle yeah. of a pandemic, and not once, but twice. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. Meg, teeth, you are going for, like, I just need some stimulation. Like, <laughs> let's just put some drama in my life. Like, yeah. it's like the true crime. Like, I'm listening to all this. Like, I yeah. just need a little, a little yeah. like, real world terror. That would be fun. (laughs) That will make December feel different. Oh my gosh, maybe maybe.
1: (laughs) simulation.
0: There is a reason why the scares happened. Uh, Oh my gosh, Kelly, what if you're right? What if, like, on a subconscious level, my brain is like, who cares what the calendar says? Let's do something crazy just to have something to think about. This frightens
2: me so much. Seriously, (laughs) though. Yeah, this frightens me so much. I want my husband to sleep on the couch and he's had a vasectomy. Like I don't even need to worry about it and I don't
1: want him to touch me. <laughs> Meg, I need to know what you thought when you were actually in the scare before you knew it was a scare and not and not scare. Like were you like, "Oh no," or were you like, you know, "The Lord will provide." Like what were you like?
0: It's a combination. It was mostly, it was like, probably like 85%. Well, shit, here we go
1: again. (laughs) 15% like,
0: okay, well, there's a reason why Catholics are supposed to be open to life. So we'll see what happens. But the vast majority of the time was like, oh my gosh, truly, why can I not keep up with a calendar? So yeah. Currently, as of recording, all is well.
2: (laughs) Oh, good golly okay we all now have said a swear word laura and meg on air me off air yes (laughs) did you have any that you wanted to drop into today's recording
3: (laughs) i was too stunned you guys so here's what happened is we were just real quick previewing what we were going to say before we hit record and meg just like casually dropped in the two pregnancy scares and then there was like i basically turned into a real life still frame of what is that the painting with the like the, the, screen. Screen. the screen, like it looked like my screen had frozen, but it hadn't. It was just me being like frozen in. Oh, my word. I had yeah. no words at that point. I don't even have a swear word.
0: <laughs> yes, I didn't even tell my best friends or my sister or nobody because I was like, oh, my gosh, we are too old to be doing this.
1: You are. <laughs> you are too old. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe stop that. <laughs> <laughs> Try not doing app. that. Like you know, so there's so many ways that the world has provided for us to track this. There are apps, there are temp controls, there are there's so many things.
0: You guys, I have I know Rebecca's about to have to leave us, but I have the high tech tracking thing that involves not only taking your temperature orally every day, but also vaginally. No, no. So you can okay, measure so no. no, your
2: oh, you can,
0: tracking yes i do it all and i still lose track
3: yes what are we gonna have to do we have to do an intervention i feel like we need an intervention for it like you need to have an app that we all have access to that we can then text kyle and be like not today sir not today okay stand down not today
0: I (laughs) red (laughs) day
3: I do not
2: run, but I need to go run after this podcast to complete the stress cycle because
3: <laughs> I'm so worked up. I'm gonna have to change all my clothes. I'm sweating so much from all the laughter. Like that's an old person thing now. That's what happens. I feel like when what? I'm in my. I was gonna like, say,
1: clothes. what is that? You're sweating from the laughter.
3: These any are high, too old. any high emotion thing makes me like sweat. I get like the emotion sweat, <laughs> like the meat sweats with Joey back on friends. It's the emotion sweats. Yes. So any high emotion situation makes me sweat everywhere, not just under my arms. Okay. That's all I'm going to say about that. Anyway, I hear what you're saying, Rebecca, this has been a very high stress, but good stress sort of confession show.
0: All right. Rebecca's got to go. Bye Rebecca. We love you you so much. Bye. Bye. Oh, these were so good. I truly am so thankful that we got a chance to just kind of let some of these things out into the world to breathe a little bit, right? With no yeah. pressure to change anything, except maybe I'll do a little bit better job with my tracking.
1: <laughs>
0: good Lord. Yes. It's a prayer. Laura, this has been so much fun to have you come to not only the main show, but also to hang out and check in with our superstars who I know are going to be delighted to hear from you here in the sort of spicy series. So thank you so much for your time with this.
1: Oh my gosh. I am just grinning ear to ear. This will carry me through the weekend. I'm so, so happy to have chatted with you ladies today. This is amazing and like nostalgic for me. Oh, thank
0: you so much, Kelly. Thank you for coming and sharing your heart. I know Rebecca shared so deeply too. So that was so meaningful. Thank you, friend. All right, you guys, this is part of our Sorta Spicy series. Thank you so much for being supporters of Sorta Awesome so that we can continue to make this special series just for you guys. And believe it or not, we have even more coming in this series. So stay tuned for that. You guys, thanks so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time.